Welcome to the Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center podcast featuring Reverend Dahlia Adams. You may visit us online at unityvacaville.org or you may visit us in person at 350 North Orchard Avenue in Vacaville, California. And now here is Reverend Dahlia Adams. So welcome on this first Sunday of 2022 to our spiritual gathering. I am so honored to be here with you today. My name is Reverend Dahlia Adams, and today we are honoring the new year. Happy 2022. May each day be filled with ever new joy for each and every one of you. This is a new beginning. It is new possibilities, new joys, new adventures, new hopes, new understanding, new ways of knowing, new love. All is new simply because we choose to see through new eyes and allow ourselves a new beginning. Today we will be focusing on words to a song, words from scripture, I will change your name. And we will go through a ceremony later on in our spiritual service in which we will listen for our new name. And names are so important to who we are, to how we experience our own presence in this world. Names are very important in the way we move through our lives. There is research that shows that a person's name is related to their success or lack of success in their lives. A person's name can be related to confidence or lack of confidence. This has been shown through psychology and sociology research, but it's been held by different cultures and traditions just from an intuitive way of knowing, just from that knowing that comes from deep within. Apparently, in Thailand, when a person has an ongoing streak of misfortune, or the whole family maybe is experiencing misfortune, what they do by tradition is they change their names to start over, to bring a new energy into their presence. Um, there are spiritual traditions that when you enter a spiritual pathway, the spiritual teacher or master will give you a new name. Ram Das, I forget his American name now, he is a professor at Harvard, and he went at one point to India and met his guru, who gave him the name Ram Das, which means servant of God. I had a friend in Florida when I lived there. Her name was Sumadi. This was given to her by her guru from a time when she lived in an ashram. And I never did get to learn the name that she grew up with and lived her young adult life with. And so we see that all the time in our culture. 
when people get married, sometimes they change their names to represent the new beginning in their lives, the new way of being that they are embracing. People sometimes, when they have a name that they do not resonate with, that doesn't uplift them, that maybe embarrasses them, will change their names to a nickname or maybe a completely different name. And we see that happening. In my own life, when I was growing up, my name is Dahlia, which is not that difficult of a name, but it is for many people in the American culture because it's different. It's not familiar. And, so, and it is not an American name. It is, or typically not an American name. And it is also not a Christian name. It's not found in the Christian scriptures. And so I was growing up in elementary school, in um, grade school. I don't know what people call it these days. But I entered school and my name was Dahlia. And the teachers, it was a Catholic school. Some of them were nuns. And they would tell me that my name was not good enough because it wasn't in the Bible, that I should have a name that is from the Bible. You know, and I'm a little kid. I didn't know how to question what they were telling me. But I heard this not all the time, but maybe over the course of the years in grade school, maybe six or seven times, where in front of the whole class, this teacher would tell me that there is something wrong with my name. And I remember sometimes feeling a little bit that maybe there was something wrong with me because of my name. Or maybe I didn't quite belong because my name wasn't part of the scriptures and maybe I didn't belong in this pathway to God, if you will, because my name was all wrong. My middle name was Maria, is Maria, that hasn't changed. And when I left grade school and entered high school, I registered using my middle name, sort of. I didn't register as Maria. I registered as Mary, because Mary was not only Christian, and in the Bible, it was American. So I wasn't going to be an outcast in any sort of way. And I went through four years as Mary. And it didn't work. I mean, it worked outwardly. Nobody questioned my name. Everybody pronounced Mary very easily. But I knew it wasn't me. So it didn't give me the confidence that I had hoped for or that sense of belonging. It, it protected me from the negative comments, but it didn't work. So once I left high school, I took back my name, but I was old enough then, and maybe discerning enough to know that what I was told when I was little was not true. My name was just different. It represented who I was, and actually, the meaning of my name in the language of my ancestors means destiny or that part which is yours. And I could relate to that. 
I liked that. And so I claimed my new name, which was actually my original name, but it felt new when I started college. And so there it is, our names that we move through each day with, color that day, affect how we experience ourselves and how we move forward. And so in our religious tradition, in our spiritual tradition, in the Christian and in the Hebrew Bible, mostly the Hebrew Bible, there are examples of God coming in and changing people's names to reflect what that person was being called to do. So through today's experience, through this spiritual gathering, we will focus on knowing who we are through the name that we embrace. I knew that I was not Mary. But I knew I was Dahlia, and I am Dahlia, and I embrace the meaning of that name. It touches me, and there's an authenticity to it for me. And then once we claim who we are by opening to a new name, we will take some time to reflect, to meditate, and to discover what our intentions are for the new year. Again, research show that resolutions basically don't work for most people. But intentions are different. Intentions are holding a consciousness and then allowing that consciousness to lead us to whatever extent we allow. So first, know who you are. In the book of Genesis, chapter 17, verse 5, God was speaking to Abraham, who was Abram at the time. And he said, no longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. Abram at that time, was 99 years old, and he had never had children. And this had been a dream of his. He had wanted to have children in his culture. The children that you have reflect your, uh, your importance in the lineage, <clears throat> in the culture of the people. So, God came to Abram and said, you will have many children. You will be the father of nations. And Abram said, how is this possible? I'm 100 years old and my wife is 90 years old. How is this possible? But God said, yes, it's possible. And you shall be called Abraham. And your wife, Sarai, is Sarah. And some biblical scholars point out there was a difference there. Sarai was in that moment Sarah. Her new name was hers. And God said to Abraham, your new name will be or shall be Abraham. 
So that's important because as we claim our new name, as we ask for our new name, sometimes it will feel like, yes, this is my name right now. And sometimes it'll be a name, and people have said this to me from the past, that I got this name and it, it just it didn't feel like me. I didn't understand why I got this name. But then I talked to them months later and they said, oh, it's becoming more and more meaningful to me as we go on. And there was a growing into the new name, just the way Abram needed to grow into his new name, Abraham. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 62, again, God was speaking to Jerusalem. He said, the nations will see your vindication and all kings your glory. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. And we could take that in for ourselves, too, that there, no matter what we've been through, no matter how hard of a road it may have been, no matter what we may have done or failed to do, the nations, everyone, including ourselves, will see our vindication and our glory, and we will be called by this new name that comes from the wisdom that is God. And in the book of Revelations, which is usually attributed to the Apostle John, it's written, To him who overcomes, to him I will give some of the hidden manna. And manna is our spiritual nourishment, our food. And I will give him a white stone and a new name written on the stone, which no one knows but he who receives it. So we are the overcoming ones. I cannot see you now, but in my mind's eye, I can see clearly and I would bet everything that each and every person who is here today joining in has gone through stuff. You know what I mean by stuff? And each of us, because we're here, because we're present, because we're opening to growth, to the presence of God, we are the overcoming ones. And we are the ones that will be given a new name because of that. Back in biblical times, in the time of Jesus, there were traditions around white stones, and there were actually more than one tradition but the one that we focus on is that prisoners or slaves, when they were set free, were given a white stone. And on that white stone, a new name was written. And they could go anywhere freely and not be apprehended. All they needed to do was present their white stone, which was their symbol of freedom. With, and that stone would have their new name. So when we release that stuff and when we claim the truth that we are the overcoming ones, we claim our spiritual, our inner freedom. 
and that allows us to move through the situations that we face in life now with that confidence, with that knowing that wherever I am, God is with me. And I know who I am, and my new name helps me know who I am. So when we do the meditation, you will be holding the stone, and the stone looks like this. And if you're at home and you don't have a stone like this or another, I mean, you can find a stone if there's one easily available, or simply take a piece of paper and write your new name on the paper. And then at some point, when you find a stone that feels right, write that name on a stone. So these stones that we have in our sanctuary are called Jerusalem stones. They're cut from the hillsides outside of Bethlehem. And there's one other town that I'm not remembering where they're also mined. So you will hold the stone or the piece of paper in your hand when we do our meditation. And you will ask for your new name. And sometimes it happens that that name comes right away. And you know it's right. You recognize it. And it feels like such wonderful completion. And then other times you're holding the stone in your hand and you're asking for a new name and nothing comes. You're thinking about, do I need to fix the car? Or what am I making for dinner tonight? Or if one is so and so, so nothing happens. But keep asking for that name. And then when you least expect it, as you're moving through your day or the next one, or even the next one, the name will come. And then you write it down. You know, the names that we thoughtlessly give ourselves can sound like, boy, you're stupid. Or I can't believe you did that. You're always bumbling. You're just bumbling. Or you're so clumsy. You know, so we give ourselves names without realizing it. And in this ritual where we ask that divine presence for our new name, the new names tend to sound like success or super dad or wisdom or peace, joy, love, laughter, fun, overcoming one. There is a song written by a group called Eden's Bridge and the lyrics go, I will change your name. You shall no longer be called wounded, outcast, lonely, or afraid. Your new name shall be confidence, joyfulness, overcoming one, faithfulness, friend of God. One who seeks my face. Again, those are examples of the shifts in the names we give ourselves as we ask for our new name. Wayne Dyer, one of my favorite teachers, said at one time, once you see yourself 
as divine and precious, you will automatically, automatically be converted to a being that can create miracles. So we are one with God. That presence of God lives within us and around us. But that presence within us is the source of our creativity, our abundance, our possibilities. And this new name is a reminder that we are one with that divine presence that is always there. So when we claim that new name, we see ourselves as divine and as precious. Okay, so we take a breath. We've claimed our new name or we've left a space within us for that new name to come. We pause and then we ask ourselves, what is my intention for this coming year? And listen, listen for what comes up. Don't force an intention. I went to a retreat once and I had friends who had gone the previous New Year, so I knew what was coming. And the first evening, we were supposed to sit and ask for our purpose. Close, not quite. And the whole idea was to listen to what the divine guidance was in that moment. Well, what I did is I planned ahead and I picked a purpose ahead of time, right? Doesn't work. The purpose or the intention comes in the moment. And listen to it. It may make sense or it might not. You might have to grow into it like your name. But listen, what is my intention? And then be still. What I ask you to do is when that intention comes, is take a piece of paper, pencil or pen, or a phone, or wherever you write things down these days, and write down your intentions so you remember. Carlos Castaneda said, intention is an unmeasurable and indescribable force, and everything that exists in the entire cosmos is attached to intent. Everything is attached to intent. We create with our intent. And when that intent comes from that inner guidance, we are following our, our calling, we are following our hearts, and we are aligned with that presence of God. Then I invite you to also write a letter to God saying, Dear God, using whatever name for God you feel right with. It might be goddess, it might be universe, it might be divine presence, or it might be God. Dear God, and write down your intention in the form of a letter. My intention for 2022 is, and then whatever else you're led to write in that letter, and then love and your name, maybe your new name, maybe the name you've been using, whatever feels right in the moment.
Deepak Chopra, another spiritual teacher that we've read and studied. He says, through your intent, you literally command the laws of nature to fulfill your dreams and desires. Again, when we allow that intention to be guided, to come from that inner presence, we are aligning with that divine presence within us, and it becomes a creative power that moves through us. Tammy Simon, she's the founder of Sounds True, if you're familiar with that. She wrote, today I will live according to the promptings of my true heart. When we claim our new name, when we express our intention, we are living according to the promptings of our true heart. And what a great way to move through this new year. And so it is. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support this podcast, you may do so at unityvacaville.org.